You're the screen on which the drama of your life is playing out. And the screen is not affected by the drama in any way. It is not wet. It is not burned. It is not torn. It cannot be destroyed. Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. So I'm going to be talking today about how you can be radiantly alive, how you can eradicate stress from your life and achieve unparalleled success while remaining as serene as a Zen monk. Now, in order to pull that off, I'm going to share some concepts with you which will seem radically strange and different. They're different from anything around you, and they're different from what you believe and what the world has been telling you about. So consider this. 2,000 years ago, everyone believed the world was flat, and it's not a very good idea to stray far from your village because you could get to the end of the world and drop off. 500 years ago, persons believed that the sun moved around the earth and Galileo and a bunch of others got into serious trouble for postulating otherwise. For ever, for, the, for history, even now, we believe that there is space and there is time, and time goes endlessly and irreversibly from past to the future. And Einstein showed us, no, that isn't true. There isn't space and there isn't time. There is space-time. And time going forward or time going backwards, quote unquote, are equally possible. Now, we understand that somewhat intellectually, certainly mathematically, but it still hasn't come home to us in uh, a practical sense. So once again, what I'm going to share with you is going to appear very strange, even outlandish. So I ask you, do not believe me. Do not believe what anyone says but take what I'm about to share with you and measure it by your own experience. And if it fits with your experience, then think about it and see if you can incorporate it and make it a part of your life. I have two objectives today. I wanna to see joy flooding into your life, such radiant joy that you can't even imagine that your body seems about to burst with the amount of happiness that is in you and success beyond your wildest dreams, things you could not even conceive of, and you're creating that. That's my goal for today. And in order to get to that, I want to share with you, and I want to demolish two big lies that you've been believing your entire life. And I want you to consider that you are not who you think you are, and the world is not what you think it is. Let's take the world. What is the world made of? And I want to take you to Aristotelian logic and about material causes and efficient causes. A material cause is something out of which something else is made, and an efficient cause is the person or entity that makes it. So, for example, we have a pot, and the pot is made out of clay, which is the material cause, and the pot makes the clay and he's the efficient clause, uh, cause. Similarly, we have a gold ornament and the gold ornament is made out of gold, which is the material cause and is made by the goldsmith, which is the efficient cause. 
So we look around and we see this enormous universe that is a part of. We're on a planet around the sun. There's a third planet around the sun. The sun is one of many stars in the Milky Way, which is a big galaxy. And there are a billion galaxies out of there. Each one has a billion or more stars. So there's this enormous cosmos. Who made the universe? What is the universe made of? So we postulate this entity. We call this entity God. God made the universe. And what did God make the universe out of? Well, there was this quantum soup lying around and God made the universe out of the quantum soup. So who made the quantum soup? And you can see that we get immediately into an infinite regress. There is only one way around this regress, and that is God made the universe out of himself, herself, itself. Let me repeat that. God made the universe out of himself, herself, itself. Which means that everything in the world is God's stuff. Everything. There has never been, there never will be, and there never is anything which is not God's stuff. The evildoers of history, Hitler, Stalin, Mao, all God's stuff. The great men of history, Gandhi, Lincoln, Mandela, all God's stuff. So everything in the world, including you in the chair in which you are sitting, is God's stuff. So I would postulate that the most important question is, how did the one become many? Let's talk about who you are. Who are you? Would you trust a scientist? who arbitrarily conceal data. You have a scientist and he throws away, let's say, a third of his data because it doesn't agree with what he's working on or the hypothesis that he has. Would you trust such a scientist? Of course not. But I now want you to consider something that you probably don't and you ignore it. You have dreams and then you go into a deep sleep state where you vanish. So. Let's assume that you dream that you are Julius Caesar and you're emperor of Rome and you have legions and you're fighting Pompey who's defied you. And in your quest for Pompey, you take your legion into Egypt and you meet Cleopatra and you have an affair with her. Or you dream you're Cleopatra. And in that dream, you have a brother who's contesting you for the throne and you are uh, have the Nile which has flooded and your people are in uh, a famine and all kinds of stuff happening. Now, let's assume you're at a party and someone asks, who are you? And you say, well, you know, I'm John, I'm a software engineer and I kind of like my work most of the time, sometimes I don't. And my marriage is rocky and uh, I don't know if it's going to survive. But are you John the software engineer? Do you tell the person who asks, who are you? Well, you know, some of the time I'm John the software engineer, but you know, some of the time I'm Julius Caesar and I am fighting Pompeii. And some of the times it just seems as though I vanish and there's nothing. There's no Julius Caesar, there's no Roman empire. There's, there's nothing. No, you don't say that, right? You persist in saying that you're John the software engineer. You're just like the scientist who threw away a third of the data that the scientist was confronting. Because what happens when you were dreaming you were Julius Caesar is you created Julius Caesar, you created the Roman Empire, you created Cleopatra, and having created all of that, 
you identified with a small part of what you yourself created. In exactly the same way, you created the entire universe that you were a part of, including John, the software engineer, but you choose to identify only with a small part of what you yourself have created. Here are a couple of movies I really like. The Towering Inferno talks about a skyscraper and there is a huge fire on the 81st floor and the fire is such a blazing fire that the steel girders melt. And then that movie ends and we go into Waterworld and in Waterworld, the polar caps have melted and the world is awash with water. There's hardly any land at all. And that movie ends. And then you look at the screen and the screen is neither burnt nor wet. But understand both Waterworld, the movie, and the Towering Inferno, the movie, were playing on the screen. Neither one of those would have existed but for the screen. The screen is always there. But the screen is neither burnt nor wet. It is unchanging. In exactly the same way you are the screen screen on which the drama of your life is playing out. Let me repeat that. You're the screen on which the drama of your life is playing out. And the screen is not affected by the drama in any way. It is not wet. It is not burned. It is not torn. It cannot be destroyed. Let's take Another belief you have, you believe that the universe is vast. There is the sun, there is the galaxy, and that galaxy is a part of, you know, a billion other galaxies. And it is an unbelievably vast universe. And in this vast universe, you're on this planet, which is the third planet out from a mediocre sun and within this third planet out there is a tiny speck of land and you're there in a body mind intellect complex and your mind is a very 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 small part of it and this is the story that you're telling yourself you are tiny it's speck of dirt in a vast unimaginable universe that is flat out wrong one of the things I've realized after conducting well over a thousand interviews with the world's greatest thought leaders in everything from entrepreneurship to spirituality to health and wellness to relationship is that life is enormous and there are so many ways we can make our life better and better in every way, in every single day. If you're successful in just one area of life, you might just suck in another. I've known billionaires whose romantic lives were in shambles. I've known incredibly emotionally intelligent people who just couldn't make money. And that's totally fine. It doesn't matter where you are. Life doesn't have to stay the same forever. You're not cursed or destined to be miserable or unlucky in love or struggling to make ends meet. You were just never thought how to have it all, how to do things differently, how to master the human experience from a mind, body, and soul perspective. This is where Mind Valley membership comes in. When you become a Mind Valley member, you are coached by the greatest teachers in the world. You get to live a life beyond your wildest dreams and learn the best systems, protocols, methods, step by step by step in just 20 minutes a day to get there. You become the man or woman 
that you've always aspired to be. And this happens in the easiest, most effective way because of the Mindvalley transformational model. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now. Don't settle for ordinary. Don't settle for your life the way it is now. Aspire to step into your greatness. It is your mind that is vast and it contains the entire universe. Let me repeat that. It is your mind that is vast and it contains the entire universe. Because the universe as you know it is not real. Now we get into a really interesting question. What is real? And I'm suggesting to you that only that is real, which always is. That's worth considering. Only that is real, which always is. And it is your own direct experience that the universe, your mind, and all things around you come and go. This vast universe with its constellations of stars and galaxies, where is it when you are dreaming of Julius Caesar? You have created an alternate universe right there. And when you go into deep sleep, all of that vanishes. You're not John the software engineer, you're not a father, you're not a mother, you have no children, you have no body, you're neither obese nor emaciated, you're neither male nor female, all of these disappear. So it is your own direct experience that the universe, your mind and all things around you, they come and they go. So they're not real, right? They're not real in an absolute sense. That is correct. So what is real? The only thing that is real is your awareness. Your awareness is always there. It never goes away. That awareness is God's stuff and you are that awareness. When you wake up from sleep, do you have to ask someone, hey, did I have a good night's sleep? You don't have to ask anyone. You know you had a good night's sleep or you didn't have a good night's sleep. That awareness is always there. It's there with you right now as you're listening to me and wondering whether any of the what I'm sharing with you makes any kind of sense. It's with you when you go to bed at night and you become Julius Caesar and start fighting with your legions. So you become Cleopatra and start thinking about how you can best your brother. It's there when you go into deep sleep and there's neither the Roman Empire nor the universe nor the Egyptian Empire. It is always there. That awareness never goes away. That awareness is God's stuff and you are that awareness. This has profound implications for you, by the way, if you want to live a completely happy, fulfilled existence. 
Now, let's assume that I'm coming in and I am creating a new cinematic version of a man for all seasons. And I pick you to be Sir Thomas More. And you really like that role. It's a very meaty role. So you put yourself into it with all of the enthusiasm you can muster and you become Sir Thomas More. And you are besieged by Henry VIII, who wants you to recognize that his marriage can be annulled and he is free to marry Anne Boleyn. And he pressures you and you resist that pressure. And bit by bit, your positions are stripped away, your castle is confiscated, you find yourself in the Tower of London. And one day you're called for, by the executioner and you kneel before the chopping block and he raises his axe. Now, you really want to get yourself into the skin of Thomas More, but at the back of your mind, there is the knowledge that if you do a really good job in portraying Sir Thomas More, there could be an Oscar in it for you. That is a wonderful way for you to remember this great secret. If you identify with the actor, the actor who's playing Thomas More, you are gold. If you identify with the character, if you identify with Thomas More, you are screwed. So imagine that as a blueprint for life. You are going through and you're playing in number of roles. You are a father, you are a son, you are an employee, you may be a CEO. It doesn't matter. These are all the roles that you are playing. And you want to play the role to the very, very, very best of your ability. And as you play the role to the very best of your ability, do not get caught up with the drama of the role. Remember that it is the role that you're playing and who you are is beyond the roles. You are the actor, your pure consciousness expressing itself in the role that you're playing. And if you do that, you will find that you are completely unaffected by the drama of the life. You skate through, you play an unbelievable role, but you're not affected by what is happening to the character in that role. So coming back to what I promised you earlier, if you want to have great joy and unparalleled success, if you remember that you are the actor who is playing the role, and you don't get caught up in the drama, you find that you're anchored in something which is much greater than happiness. It is unadulterated bliss, a deep feeling of well-being that is with you always. You are in the human condition, and as long as you're in the human condition, stuff will happen. There will be serious illness and death. There will be financial setbacks. There will be career reverses. There will be relationship problems. All of that is part of being in the human condition. 
But these are all the roles that you're playing and you will play them appropriately. But even as you're playing these roles appropriately, you will be anchored in that feeling of great bliss and joy. And this will never leave you. And because you're disassociated with the role that you're playing, even while you're playing it to the very best of your ability, you will find that you have unparalleled success in the material world and the role that you're assuming. The two just go together. So here are five practical steps that you can take to achieve that. Number one, invest in the process, do not invest in the outcome. In the role that we are playing, here is how we play it. I set a goal for myself. I tried very hard to achieve that goal. I succeeded. Life is a blast. Or I set a goal for myself. I tried very hard to reach it. I failed. Life sucks. We live our life, the role that we are playing, we identify with the character and we oscillate on a sinusoidal curve between elation and despair. And we tend to spend too much time at the despair end of the spectrum. It is a lousy way to live. A far better way for us to realize is that we are going to set a goal, but the primary purpose of setting a goal is that it establishes direction. And once we have established that direction, we forget about the goal. And instead, we pour all our emotional energy into what are the actions that we have to undertake in order to meet the goal. And if you meet the goal, fantastic. If you don't meet the goal, fantastic. Because the mistake that we make is thinking that the benefit of setting a goal and trying our level best to reach that goal is reaching the goal. Wrong. The benefit of setting a goal and trying our level best to reach the goal is the learning and growth that happened to us and in us as we try our level best to achieve the goal. Remember, you are playing the role and your job is to play the role with the greatest amount of skill that you can muster. So you identify with the actor, but you play the role as skillfully as you can and eventually what happens when the character grows and develops is the distinction between the character and the actor vanishes. That is what the great sages are talking about. But till you get to that stage, what you do is you recognize that when you play the role to the greatest ability you are capable of, there is learning and growth that happen in you and that is the benefit. The paradox is, though, that when you really are not concerned about the outcome and you try your level best, the probability that you will reach the outcome you want, that actually grows up. So, here is a rather Zen saying, which I am very fond of. The purpose of washing the dishes 
is to wash the dishes. Let me repeat that. The purpose of washing the dishes is not to get them clean. The purpose of washing dishes is to wash the dishes. Pour yourself into the action. Feel the hot water and the detergent on your hand. Feel as you are rinsing the plate and scrubbing it and putting it away in the dishwasher. That is where your entire attention is focused on. And guess what? When that is where your entire attention is focused on, the dishes do get clean. The getting clean is the byproduct. Remember that the purpose of washing dishes is not to get them clean. The purpose of washing dishes is to wash the dishes. Step two, use the flashlight of your awareness wisely. Now, you probably don't think that your awareness is like a flashlight, but it is. What does a flashlight do? A flashlight illuminates whatever you shine it on. Shine it on the floor, it lights up the floor. Shine it up on the ceiling, it lights up the ceiling. I'll prove it to you right now. I would like you to use the flashlight of your awareness and shine it upon the chair in which you are sitting. Got that? Shine the flashlight of your awareness on the chair in which you're sitting. And as you do that, you become aware of the pressure of your buttocks upon the seat. You feel the fabric or the leather of the chair pressing against the back of your thighs. 30 seconds ago, you were not aware of any of this, but now you are. And why is that? Because you've shown the flashlight of your awareness on your chair. So, what do we shine the flashlight of awareness on? Well, you probably use the flashlight of your awareness and shine it on the problems in your life or the things that you think are the problems in your life. Do you feel financial pressure? You shine the flashlight of your awareness on that. Are you unhappy in your job or your career? You shine the flashlight of your awareness on that. And because you shine the flashlight of your awareness on that, the many ways in which you are truly blessed, in which you are deeply fortunate, slip by unnoticed. Do you have enough food to eat? Do you have a bed to sleep in? Do you have a roof over your head? You know that any one of these is a big problem for a large segment of the world's population. So when you think like that, you know, yes, you are very blessed, but you don't feel blessed. And that's because you shine the flashlight of your awareness almost exclusively on the things which you have defined as a problem in your life. Change that around. Consciously shine the flashlight of your awareness on the many ways in which you are truly fortunate, on the fact that you have a bed to sleep in, a roof over your head, or food to eat. As you do that, you will feel a sense of gratitude welling up from inside you. Let it well up. Fill yourself with it. Use your imagination to magnify it. It is my hope that your default emotional domain will become one 
of appreciation and gratitude for the good fortune that has been bestowed on you. And the reason for that is very simple. Remember, you're always playing a role. You are pure consciousness, but you get, tend to get caught up in the role. And when you tend to get caught up in the role, you tend to shine the flashlight of your awareness on the things in your role that you don't like. But if you shine it on the things in your role, in many manners in which you have been blessed, you find that you're living in an emotional domain of appreciation and gratitude. And when you're living in that domain, you're not anxious, you're not fearful, you're not worried, they cannot coexist. Decide to live in a friendly universe. This was one of Einstein's great contributions, because in addition to what he did in the realm of physics, he gave us the theory of relativity, discovered the photoelectric effect and a bunch of other stuff besides. But he was also a philosopher and he said, the most important question you can ever ask yourself is, is the universe friendly? Now remember, you created the universe. The universe is not real, quote unquote, because only that is real, which is always. And you know, the universe disappears when you're dreaming and it completely vanishes when you're in deep sleep. So you created the universe. What kind of universe have you created? You created a universe which is indifferent, which doesn't know whether you exist and couldn't care less. So here you are going around doing your thing and there's a universe going around doing its thing and sometimes it seems to be working with you and sometimes it seems to be working against you, but essentially it's a random process and the universe neither knows you exist nor cares. But supposing that wasn't true, supposing the universe was friendly. Well, if the universe was friendly, then how come it gives you stuff you don't want? You want to go on vacation and the universe gives you a pandemics and quarantine. Why does the universe give you stuff you don't want? Well, one of the universe gives you stuff you don't want, but it's exactly what you needed for your learning and growth. You know, like you're a small child and you want a tub of ice cream and the universe gives you fruits and vegetables and you don't want fruits and vegetables. You want a tub of ice cream. But the universe, in the shape of your parents, gives you fruits and vegetables. And it isn't until you have a much higher level of wisdom that you can say, thank God, my parents gave me fruits and vegetables. What if the universe was like that? It gives you stuff you don't want, even stuff you hate but it's exactly what you needed for your learning and growth. Can you prove that the universe is friendly? No, you can't. But can you prove that the universe is unfriendly or indifferent? No, you cannot. So why not choose to live in a friendly universe? And there's a very simple way by which you can get to decide that you're in a friendly universe. Look for signs that the universe is friendly and you will find them everywhere. Keep a journal of the number of ways in which the universe seems to be collaborating and colluding with you, and your journal will fill up. And the more you contemplate those, the more you will reach a tipping point where you recognize, yes, you are living in a friendly universe. Avoid labels, and especially the bad thing label. Whenever an event occurs to you, it does not bring suffering. 
When you label what happens to you, this is bad, this is terrible, suffering begins immediately. Let's assume you're an entrepreneur and you lose your biggest customer. Okay, you now have a lot of spare capacity, but you lose your biggest customer and you say, what's gonna to happen to my business? Am I gonna survive? Will I have to lay off people? And suffering begins at that instant. Can you think of any situation that happened in your life that at the time it happened, you thought it was terrible, but you can now look back upon it and say, hey, that wasn't so terrible after all, or even that was good. You probably can remember many such instances. I remember I had, uh, I was working with an entrepreneur who tried very hard to get a contract and he failed. And he thought the competitor used some more unethical means, got that contract. Six months later, the client indicted for massive accounting fraud and the competitor was left with several hundred thousand dollars of uncollectible bills from accounts receivable. So if something happens to you and you're about to label it bad, think about is there any possible way in which in X years this could be good? And you move from the domain of despair to the realm of possibility. And then ask yourself, what can I do to actually make it good? And you immediately move to the realm of possibility and anchor yourself in there. This is how you become incredibly resilient. And last but not least, always remain as the witness. You are there watching the character that you are currently identifying with go through the drama of life, through the sorrows, the despair, the elation, the enormous success. And you're looking upon all of that and enjoying the journey as it happens, but you know you are beyond that. Imagine you're a father playing with a small child and the small child wants to play cops and robbers and you are the robber and you get arrested by the cop and manhandled and the son and your infant child is laughing and you're laughing because you're enjoying that even as you're tied up and beaten. Enjoy the drama, remain the witness. You are the unchanging eternal awareness. And from that perspective, enjoy this wonderful drama of life. I'm Vishen Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body, your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.